Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. What's going on? I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. (laughs) And welcome to Black True Crime. If this is your first time here at the show, welcome and hello. What it do? We're really excited today for this case. Well, I'm speaking for myself because I know what's really going down. And I never know know anything. Per usual, and this case is going to infuriate you. So everyone, please just prepare yourselves, and it's going to be fun. Kayla, can I just say you're giving, like, news anchor, like, hello, this is CNN, my name is Kayla, (laughs) and I'm here for it. It's because it's, like, the side swoop thing. It's definitely the side swoop. Yeah, it's giving something. Yo's part is all the way over here. <laughs> it's not a side part. It's the whole front row. It's just <laughs> over. I didn't it. have time to put my lace down all the way. All so of my business. Whooped it over. Period. <laughs> Listen, I'm like you do every time. So. <laughs> Before we get started, though, I do want to bring attention to something that we we don't really bring attention to a lot of the negative stuff, guys. But if you're on Instagram with us, you saw that somebody said some slick things in a five star review that they gave us. So I just want to kind of go over it with you guys and address something because I don't want anyone listening to the show to expect anything that they shouldn't. So this was the post. I love y'all in this podcast. I love the stories and the Black history segments. I can't keep giving y'all a pass, though. Please educate yourselves on PTSD, see PTSD in a trauma-informed approach. You all seem very tone-deaf and unaware. Hmm. Well, considering I don't even know what CPTSD is, maybe I am tone-deaf. What does that even mean? What I do want to just say is that we have not created this show to counsel anyone to act like we know anything about mental health that we don't know anything that I share on the show I've looked up and I want to share with you guys because we do think mental health is important and we talk about that a lot here to be fair I don't even know what a trauma approach means I'm not going to go too much into it all I'm saying is we're here to have fun and you know talk about true crime and stuff I just don't want you coming on this show expecting something that you shouldn't and something that we've never said that we would be giving, which is professional advice. <laughs> so, Period. so our email is blacktruecrimepodcast at gmail.com. You can send us an email if you want to just discuss a little bit further what upsets you so much. Yes, friend, DM us next time you have a problem. Thank you for um, educating us, even though I still don't know what CPTSD is, but I will look it up. <laughs> Thank you for the five star review. However, don't throw shade while showing love. It's not going to be perceived well. So, and that goes for everyone in the future. Sorry to even like give this life, but I just want you guys to know and be aware we are not licensed professionals. We do not know what to say in a scientific approach. Please don't come here expecting it. Period. Love you.
Have you? Okay. <laughs> Are you ready, sister, to get started? Let's get into it. All right. On this show, we love to remind you guys to be safe, to protect your peace, and to protect your space. So we don't have to cover your case. Well, this week's episode may traumatize you into reconsidering ever letting anyone in your space again. Join us as we discuss one of the most cold-hearted killers I've ever researched, Lawrence Banks. And thank you, Ms. Kia Nicole, for recommending this case. So Lawrence Banks was born on June 7th, 1953 in Baltimore, Maryland. We all know Baltimore. Shout out to Baltimore. Kristen, what happened in Black history in 1953? Okay, y'all, let's get into it. So 1953 was a time directly after what I'm going to be speaking about. It was a year after. So this is still like the climate in Baltimore at the time. And this is the pursuit of desegregation of the arts. So there was this like major theater called Ford's Theater in downtown Baltimore on Fayette Street. And Starting in 1947, this group of black college kids from Morgan State College started to basically boycott and picket the Ford's Theater because they were still having segregated seating. So at this point, they were allowing black performers to act at Ford's Theater, but they were still having a segregated seating policy, much like other theaters in the area. Mm -hmm. So a group of black college kids was like, this is not cool. Like we're paying the same money that everybody else is paying to come to this theater. But yet we have to go find our seats up in the nosebleed sections of the second balcony. So let Mm -hmm. me tell you. In order to actually go into the Ford's Theater after purchasing your ticket, black people had to walk in the back of the theater towards this alley or go through this alley to go to the back of the theater, climb three staircases, three sets of stairs. They had to climb three sets of stairs to enter into the second balcony area where they could only get seated in the last few rows of this nosebleed section. So AKA I, climb a mountain and then not be able to see anything anyway. Thank you. And they call this area the pit. So like you already know what it is. Like I'm not about to sit here paying for nothing just to come here and barely see anything. Right. So it was a whole problem. So these students end up launching a multi year campaign protesting the fourth theater and even the Baltimore NAACP picked up this effort and championed it for years to come. Kayla, are you really about to be out here looking like this? Kristen, you're not my mimi whole kick to you. While I'm literally sitting here trying to be serious. What? You look a mess. So, okay. So this effort really did impact the sales at Ford's Theater. By 1950, just three years later, the theater's box office receipts had cut in almost half. So that means they lost 50% of what they were bringing in. A lot of people said this was due to the NAACP's efforts, but also due to a poor selection of plays. But I'm giving (laughs) it to the NAACP. Let's give it to the NAACP. And if you want to know more about how much this group of black low college students efforts changed the game, stay tuned. I will be posting the rest of this black history segment on our black true crime TikTok. Period. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, sister. You're for welcome. Trip down history lane. You're very welcome. All right. So, Lawrence, born. June 7th, 1953 in Baltimore. And not much is publicly known about his childhood. Like even the court documents weren't accessible to me. So 
I wasn't able to see what they included in there. But I do know that he spent some time in the Marines, which is a true part of his life, and that he claimed he graduated with his master's degree from Towson University. Shout out to Towson. Okay, Towson. some friends out there. Why did you say claimed? Like you don't have proof. Kristen, I was just about to say, Towson has no record of him being there. So... <laughs> He lied. And also, he's a compulsive liar. I just want you guys to know that from the top. Almost nothing he says is true. Got it. He also claimed he was a church-going man and was a member of a church called Mount Moria Baptist Church. But the church has no record of him being there. And even the members said that they never seen him, like, attend. <laughs> so. so what are we What's doing? Just- like, are we just picking out names that we've heard of before and that we've driven around that and we've seen? we've driven so, past. Yeah, I'm a part <laughs> of that. Once. Exactly. I don't know, Kristen. But he went on to also say that he was a volunteer at the Baltimore Station, which is a shelter for veterans. And that couldn't be corroborated either. So possibly lies. Most likely a lie. Whatever. So he was a veteran, though. That's one thing that we do know. He would later tell an investigator that he loved to read and travel and that though he had a little bit of a temper, Kristen, just a little one, he didn't like violence and, quote, I have a good personality. Like, that's what he said about himself. Which are all fucking lies. All of them. (laughs) Who says, I have a good personality? Like, even though I get a little angry, I have a good personality. If someone walks up to you and says that, red flag, y'all. So, in 1975, Lawrence was 22 years old, living in East Baltimore, and married to a woman named Vivian Banks. So, I know that was a big step. I mean, big leap. You know, but we don't have much information on his upbringing, so Mm. I can only give you guys what I got. They also had a seven-month-old baby together named Mylane. Aww. Cute name. I like that name. What the are you laughing at? (laughs) I was just going to say, Mylane! Like they say, (laughs) Mylane. But I cannot, okay? I'm really trying to reduce my shenanigans to a minimum. Me too. Me too. That was a great joke. Love that so much. Thank you. Just get the lightheartedness out now because we're not going to have too much of it in this episode. Right. So it was around Christmas time. It was a few days after Christmas when Vivian was rushing her baby to the emergency room. No. Mm-hmm. When they arrived, Mylene had to receive two dozen stitches to her head. Kayla, what the f happened apparently lawrence and vivian got into like a heated argument that night while lawrence was drunk so it's gonna be a pattern he's a fucking lush Mm -hmm. and he's drunk majority of this episode he then said he was going to do something to the baby that they'd both regret and then lawrence threw my lane out of a glass door like threw her through the door But this is what I'm saying. Like, it takes a special type of person to hurt a baby. Yep. Especially a young baby, a seven-month-old baby. And I want to put up these hands. <laughs> Give me five minutes with them. Give me five. Just minutes five. Like, are you kidding? So the attack was reported, rightfully so, thank God. And so police arrested 22-year-old Lawrence for assault with intent to disfigure. No. Well, in my opinion, from the statement that he made, like, 
saying, hey, I'm going to do something to the baby that we're both going to regret, they could have booked his ass on attempted murder. Attempted murder. murder. Thank you. Sure. And you sure. flinging a seven month through a glass window, you think they're going to survive? No. Exactly. And other people heard him say it too. That's why I was like, it's not just Vivian's, um, you know, claims. So. Mm-hmm. Although Lawrence was arrested, he did receive a bail, which he posted and was right back on the streets while he waited for a trial, you know, for the assault. Mm. And this scared Vivian, which is like, duh. So she told police that she feared him. Like she actually went and told them and she said, I feel like he's going to kill me and my children Mm. because Vivian and Lawrence had two children together. They had a son named Lawrence Jr. And then they had Mylene. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. But her cries went unheard, and while Lawrence was out on bond, Vivian's severely decomposed body was found in the closet of her East Baltimore apartment. I don't have any words, sorry. I just, this is, we've seen this before, where they've tried to go to police, police doesn't do a doggone thing, and then boom, someone's dead. Yep. I hate this fucking song. And this is the same apartment that she shared with Lawrence before they, you know, he got locked up for a little bit. And because Vivian's body wasn't discovered for weeks, for weeks, the examiner couldn't even tell how she was murdered. Well, see how I just said murdered? Because I know she was murdered and the detectives. Kayla, did she just climb into the closet and then she suddenly died? Thank you. She was murdered, and we know who did it. Even the homicide detectives felt like they knew it was him. They just couldn't fucking prove it, you know? Yeah. And in this part of my research, I was like, where was Vivian's family? Obviously Mm -hmm. not blaming them, but if this isn't the first time that Vivian has gone through something with this man, and it is not, because we're going to get to it, wouldn't you think that they would be more supportive of her, and especially after what just happened to Mylene? You know what I'm saying? That part, like... Even if Vivian put herself in that position, it's like, okay, like, Mm -hmm. I can see them saying, well, we tried to have sympathy for you, but you keep going back. But now there's a seven-month-old baby that's in the hospital. If -hmm. that doesn't get a rise out of somebody, I literally don't know what will. I agree. I totally agree. So, at this point, in my opinion, Vivian should still be alive. And Mm -hmm. like I said, we were going to get to it. He actually tried to kill her before. And it's actually documented. He was charged with assault and intent to murder after he held an eight inch steak knife to her throat. That makes this so much worse because it's the same person who goes to the police. All they had to do was look it up and see, oh, he's tried to kill her before. Let's put her in witness protection. Let's put out, you know, um, a restraining order. Something. Other thing. But the thing is, Vivian fought really hard for those charges to actually be dropped against him. Vivian. And, you know, which is, we've seen this movie before, too. I'm tired of this song as well. I know. I can't stand this motherfucker song. (laughs) So, yeah. Rest in peace, Vivian. Rest in peace. So Lawrence goes to trial for the assault on Mylene. And he's found guilty and sentenced to 15 years in prison. Bye. Bye. Dope. You try to kill your child. Go to jail. Right. According to one of the investigators of the case is, quote, not at all the person that he presents himself to be. He lies smoothly and talks smoothly. He is Mm. quite skilled at misrepresenting himself. End Mm. quote. He's been doing it all his life. We're going to see a lot more of it. 
So he served about 12 years of the 15-year sentence and was released from prison in 1988. By this time, his two children, Mylene and Lawrence Jr., were teenagers and he seemed to like want to be a part of their lives. They were in the foster system at this time, so... You know, he was, I guess, visiting them, just trying to pursue some type of relationship. Right. I just cannot. Yeah, I don't really like that. And by 1991, he'd fathered two more children with two different women. So he's at four kids right now. He's only been out of jail for like three years. What the fuck? Like, maybe he has an agenda. I know a guy that does. That actually sounds very similar to this guy. What's his name? Does it rhyme with... Broble. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Chernobyl. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Fucking thinking of that. Okay, so in 1991, he was living with a woman named Jane Tolliver and their infant daughter until November 19th. It was a night that Lawrence had been drinking with his friends in Pasadena, Maryland, when he shot one of them, and his name was Michael Chisholm. I don't know where he shot him, but he shot him and killed him right there in the road. And this is his friend. This is someone he was just drinking with. The definition of unhinged. Absolutely. And according to the other friend who was scared, rightfully so, for their fucking life, they just got in the car and just left him there on the ground. Wow. Yep. Great So rest in peace to Michael. Rest in peace, Michael. And that's like one of the scariest situations I never want to be in. It's like you have your guard down, you're having a couple drinks, and then boom, someone just takes your life. And that's the thing. Like people swear that you're being, you know, snobby for trying to curate the type of people that are around you. Mm -hmm. Are you joking? Like it could literally be life and death. And you think I'm about to play with you? No, I'm not going to play with you. Protecting my peace and my space at all costs. At all costs. You know, it's not worth it. And it gets a lot worse. That same day, Lawrence went to the foster home where 17-year-old Lawrence Jr. was living. Remember how I said Lawrence rekindled his relationship with him? Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't rekindling it in the best way. When Lawrence saw his son, he was visibly pissed, reportedly because Jr. and Mylene had told social services about him for beating on them apparently he was you know beating on them and that he even raped my lane while he was drunk kayla kayla so the fact that these kids are in foster care yeah and their prison daddy still has (laughs) access to them and he's still abusing them after he killed their mother yes like what are we doing we don't know. Obviously, they weren't able to care. prove that he could. Yeah, Kristen. Okay. I don't <laughs> we could just operate on knowing what's going on. I know no, you had to put that idiots. disclaimer, but for all of us who are here and aware of what's going on, he killed her. So, yeah, he was really pissed off about that and went to confront Junior about it. Because of the allegations, there was a custody hearing that was conducted just days before, and the authorities let the court know that they were continuing to build their case against Lawrence, and they planned to press charges, you know, for these claims. Right. So when he saw Junior, he was fully in a rage and chased his own son around the house, trying to shoot him. How is he getting in the house, like, with this gun? Like, what are the re- what are the precautions to take I for have this no man? Clue. No clue. 
Eventually, while Junior was trying to hide in a corner of the kitchen, Lawrence shot him in the head. Kayla. Like, I actually physically want to puke. It's, I'm not having a good reaction to this. His own son. I literally felt like my heart just stopped for a minute. Yeah. What makes it even worse is that Junior had a broken leg, so he was recovering, meaning that Lawrence chased his son while he's hopping on one leg, and police said that he was headed toward the kitchen, like the corner of the kitchen where the alarm system was, and they said that he was going to try to like push the panic button to get some help or something, but, you know, his dad fucking ended it all. I can't believe it. I can't believe this man has access to his children. Right? That's like number one. Like, I thought there was visitations and stuff. How are you just coming to the house, coming to the crib? And how are we not even talking about how he literally was in jail for 12 years because of what he did to Mylene? Why does he have access to his children? Like, what are we actually saying? This sounds (laughs) like it's a made-up story. Yep. Sounds like... The justice system in america like this is sad like oh okay it doesn't get any better with so many witnesses to the crime junior wasn't home alone obviously hello there's other people there lawrence was arrested and charged with the murder he decided to enter an alfred plea which essentially means that he's not admitting he's guilty but he does recognize that the prosecution has enough evidence to convict him So that's why he put in that plea. And then he also chose to plead guilty in Michael Chisholm's death. Okay. Jeez Louise. I'm like, so how many years is he getting? Like, I want to know. Oh, he was sentenced to two 20-year sentences. So I read that it was consecutive. I read that it was concurrent. I don't know which one it was. Either way, the earliest he should have gotten out of prison is 2013. Okay. Ew. uh, Like... He just killed two people and one of them was his son and he's yeah. not in there for life for life. Like what the f- what is going on in Maryland? I really have a serious question about that. How was he able to fucking get away with all this shit? You know, what I'm saying 40 like, years. What, that's it. What are the mitigating factors? He's assaulted a seven month old baby. Right. And he's killed two men. So right. what are we doing here? Is it because he's a veteran? Like, you know, but miss me with that bullshit. Right. There has to be something there, especially if this is your third offense of harming somebody. Right. At this point, we're not trying to play games with you no more. No. At this point, you're making it clear that you plan on continuing to do behavior like this. Correct. Well, Lawrence ended up serving less than 10 years for the two murders he committed in cold blood. You're joking. You have to be. Kristen, this has to be a sitcom that I'm on right now. I would never do this to you, one. Like, I'm expecting our thing to expand out, and then you got eight other motherfuckers just looking at us laughing, because this is a joke. (laughs) Yeah, this is definitely giving... No what? (laughs) Like, this is giving question mark, exclamation point, at sign, asterisk. And you can imagine how pissed off I was that I couldn't actually find the court records, you know, detailing what was said, detailing how this happened. But he pled guilty. He got these, you know, plea deals and stuff like that. So we didn't even get to get him in court because we know if he was in court, he probably would have received the right sentence. Right. 
According to court records, Lawrence was granted an early release because of credit for good time served. <laughs> I just can't. He killed his son. Like, are we good missing the picture served. here? Am I missing something? Kristen, you're lucky I'm too hot in this damn room to really be moving <laughs> as much as my body and my anger wants me to move, but it's it's terrible. When Lawrence was released in 2002, he started going by the name Malik Smartini. He married a woman named Patricia and moved to Laurel, Maryland. And I'm just thinking he keeps having a woman. Like, I know he's not pulling like this. But they he said must... he's a compulsive liar. So he might be smooth. <sighs> and I'm like, maybe he has demon dick. It's totally possible because guess what? He is a drum roll, please. A Gemini. <laughs> like, y'all can't even come for us. This is facts. Okay. Sis, because I'm thinking it's about giving... the sis that was in our comments talking about y'all need to stop coming for us, Gemini. <laughs> like, I'm cool with Gemini's, but these are facts. Why like, we every killer we you. talk about right. happens to be a Gemini. We love you, but it's proof in the pudding. You know, it's it's obviously all of love. It's jokes, but yeah. there's some truth to most jokes. <laughs> it's just we can't deny it. We've had a lot of Gemini killers on the show. Yeah, like, let's just say Gemini are nut nuts. Like, we love you, but you're nut you nut. Know? Just don't play with them. Like, come correct or don't come at all. And that's just it. How about and if that? anything, you should be proud about that. How about to say, wear it on your chest, bitch. <laughs> anyway, the couple would only be together for about two or three years because Patricia got tired of his shit. She filed multiple protective orders against him while they were together, in which she claimed that Lawrence had previously choked her with a vacuum hose and tried to suffocate her with a pillow. Kayla. Kayla. Kayla, could it be me or you? Could it be me or you getting choked out with a vacuum hose and getting Kristen, smothered with a pillow? Kristen, I'd rather, bitch, jump. <laughs> bitch, I'd rather fully i rather fully swallow my own tongue i rather fully scout myself it's just not gonna happen you know a lot of these women i don't think they have control over this man just trying to yoke them up and just yeah. you know take their life like i don't think it's something that they are consenting to at all but yeah. in these type of situations i just feel like if you feel that that you're in some danger like that and the danger that someone may be trying to take your life you have to get the fuck out yeah. Get the fuck out. I was just going to give it to these women because it's like, if I was in a situation like that, it's either I lose my life and I go to jail for the rest of my life for slicing mm -hmm. him up, mm -hmm. or I allow him to do this to me and I try to find a way out, you know? So yeah. there's not many options that you have here, but yeah. I'm going to choose option B. No, option A. I'm going <laughs> to no slice him up. I'm, I'd rather go to jail. I'd rather go to jail. And I don't even like girls like that, but I'll spend the rest of my jail. life with women because I could not do that. <laughs> I'm going to jail. So he actually faced assault charges against her for that. But after serving nine months in jail, awaiting, you know, while he was awaiting trial, he was found not guilty and was released. I'm like, how? How can you give most black men such bad treatment in the prisons for just simply having weed or having a, a gun they shouldn't be possessing? But you got full-blown killers, murderers, yep. abusers yep. going in and out of prison like they just, it's like a conjugal yep. visit. I can't even, I can't. Chris, I literally wrote it into my notes. I cannot believe that we are really locking up 
the wrong men? Why are there people that are locked up for years and years for nonviolent crimes? But this man, this man kills two people and serves 10 years, kills two people in cold blood, like shot them, no fucking reason, one being his son, and he's out in 10 years. And he served more times for throwing his baby through the glass. And he served more time for an assault charge. That's what that's what's crazy to me. He served more time for an assault charge because it was an assault charge that he got for my lane. And these are and all you get two murder charges state. He's not bouncing nope. from state to state no. where, you know, you can't even say no. that police departments are communicating. No, he's no. in the same state, same state, same name, same record. Mm-mm. Jeez. Are you guys pissed off yet? Because we are. I'm irritated, girl. The anger <laughs> sharks are swimming. They're fucking swimming. Well, they're about to attack because it gets worse. <laughs> In December 2006, 53-year-old Malik, let's just call him whatever the fuck, was living with his new girlfriend when her 22-year-old daughter named Lisa Laverne Brown and her nine-month-old daughter named Labria Fogel were both shot and killed. And at the time of the murder, Lisa actually had a protective order against this man. Lisa, the daughter, as in like, hey, mom, stop dating this piece of shit. You're putting me and my daughter at risk. Hello. And they're found murdered. Murdered. The baby two had the baby two. Yes, it was. It was the daughter, Lisa, 22 year old, and then the baby. The two had reportedly been arguing violently about Malik's girlfriend having to babysit Lisa's child so much. So basically, she was like being a grandmother and he didn't like it. And that has nothing to do with him at all. But despite the clear history of violence between the two, there were no charges ever filed against Lawrence for the murders. Kayla. Kayla. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do I have paint on my face and a red nose? Do I? Like, do you think I'm a clown? Because this story you're trying to give me is some BS. I know. I know. And you know I don't play like that. You really know I don't play like that. So this shit is straight from how it came to me. Thanks, listener requester. (laughs) This has to be one of those cases that police departments and the judges look back on and be like, we severely messed this up, y'all. Let's never repeat this again. But from what we know, it gets repeated. Oh, Kristen, come on. It's 2022, baby. We see it every day. Wow. And I know you may be thinking, okay, well, he's going by a different name. You know, they aren't aware of his past murder convictions. But still, like, even if they were doing their job properly, they would have seen that he previously was charged with assault with his ex, Patricia, and they could have, like, taken his fingerprint properly, ran it through the maryland system because he hasn't crossed state lines like all we have to do is the bare fucking minimum wow rest in peace to lisa and her baby labria rest in peace you had no one taking care of you no one making sure you. you were safe right so the last time we really have like any documentation of what the fuck Lawrence or Malik or whoever was doing was after Lisa and Lobria were murdered in 2006. And the last time we talked about Mylene was after her brother died. And after his death, she decided to change her name to Dominique. Okay. And I'm not really sure why. Maybe that was his middle name or something. 
mm, no, that's not right because he's a junior, and I don't think that was Lawrence's middle name. Maybe so I she just why. wanted to hide from her freaking daddy. That's what I was thinking, but she kept Mylene as her middle name. Mm. So I'm not really sure. Well, it turns out after Junior was killed, Dominique went to police and told them that she feared her father and that he would sometimes come up to her school and threaten that she would end up just like her mother. Okay. I can't even wrap my brain around a man, let alone a father, talking to their daughter that way, threatening their daughter with murder. After At already her killing school. her mother and her yes, and his and her son. brother. And wow. her mother and her brother. Oh, this is this is sick. Like, where do you go? Like when you got your daddy looking for you, trying to kill you, he know where right. you live, he know where your what school you stay. Where do you go? As what a child, who protects you from the, the person that you're that's supposed to protect you? Right. The cops? <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> Basura. At this point in time, absolutely. Like, what are we... Yeah, in this situation, for sure. Yeah, like... So, like I said, Dominique went to the police, told them all of this stuff. What did they do? They didn't give her any protection. And fast forward to 2019, which is a lot of fucking time. Dominique is a 43-year-old mother of six. Holy cannoli. Dang, Dominique. Lots of kids. And oh, she's cute. And it's crazy because her father would end up having six kids, too. So, Oh, wow. Well, yeah. if that's the only thing that you do in, rep- in repetition of your father, then yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> she and her husband, Willie Foster, had been married for 19 years and had moved to North Carolina about four years into their marriage. Wow. Oh, she's adorable. But by 2019, Dominique decided to move back to Baltimore and live with one of her sisters. That's how like it initially started. It and initially started? Her move there. Like how okay. she got to Baltimore. That's where she started. Okay. Planning to live with one of her sisters. And I couldn't really find out why at first. I do want to tell you guys right now, but I kind of want to wait to at least when it will make more sense. So I'm going to wait. Oh my God, my stomach just dropped. But I do know that while Dominique was there, meaning in Baltimore, she started to rekindle her relationship with her father. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Brains. Are they on? Are they not Mm -mm. functioning? Is the prefrontal cortex been damaged because of, you know, getting flung through a doggone glass door when you're a child? What is Kayla? He killed her brother and her mother and i understand the concept of forgiveness and the practice of it Mm -hmm. but no Mm ma'am not this one no no not gonna work when i read this kristen you have no idea i was like why like i literally wrote i was like me and kristen have cut off full family members for calling me a bitch the wrong way like are you crazy and to be dealing with someone that has taken so much away from you i don't know what she was going through maybe she was really really just struggling with being away from family for so for so long maybe 25 years away is a lot of time to heal i don't know oh my god This is so sad because it's like you want to give people the benefit of the doubt and second chances. Right. But you're opening yourself up to be wounded again. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like sometimes having that such that forgiving and open heart ends up leading you to, you know, your last breath. Honestly, it's so sad. Wow. This is hard. So she told her husband about this. Her they were kind of estranged right now because, you know, they were going through stuff. And he told her, really don't think you should do this. He called Lawrence a monster, which he is. And she said, he said, just don't get you close. You know, yeah. this is like the one time that I wish a woman listened to a man one time in history. Like, I just want to wig out really quick and flail my arms and go do it. Batch. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Yes. I'm going to I'm going to do a thick scream after this episode. Because I don't have enough. I'm too sober for this. Well, we're, we're almost through it. So instead of running the other way, Dominique was actually living with her father at his apartment at 4001 Clark's Lane. Come on, sis. Which was located just a few blocks away from where her deceased body would be found. Hi, everyone. It's Elise from True Crime Cat Lawyer. That's right. I've combined my three favorite things into a podcast cats true crime and lawyering every other thursday my co-host winston and i bring you a new case from the pacific northwest winston is my sassy sidekick with a mustache who can often be found donning a bow tie in other words she's my cat winston and i are passionate about true crime and we love doing this podcast as of this recording we've released over 30 regular episodes and a few bonus episodes Our episodes are focused on the victims and sharing their stories, something we take a lot of pride in. We're working hard to produce true crime content in an ethical way. Plus, every quarter, Winston and I donate our ad proceeds and Patreon proceeds to a true crime or animal-related nonprofit organization. If you're from the Pacific Northwest or you just enjoyed true crime, Winston and I would love for you to check out our show. You can find us on all the major podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Good Pods. We hope you'll join us for some true crime in the Pacific Northwest. But you see, like, what do you do? What do we do? At every point that you turn, somebody's making a foolish decision. And you know how people are like, oh, you're victim shaming. First of all, just because someone lost their life doesn't mean that I can't question the decisions that they made while they were still here. That's okay. It doesn't take away from the fact that they're still a victim and that we still fucking hate that they're not alive. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that we, and it still doesn't take away that we put majority of all the blame on the person who actually took the life. So don't get it twisted. A hundred percent of the blame. You know, whatever Dominique did, it didn't cause her death. No, if anything, Dominique was being a sweet, foolish, naive woman. She was trying. And she was trying. And I can't doubt her for that. I'm angry because her efforts were rewarded in her losing her life. I'm angry. Yeah, I'm openly right there with you, sis. On May 12th, 2019, which was Mother's Day that year, Dominique's body was found inside of a shopping cart near a dumpster behind the garden at Clark's Lane Apartments. And this apartment complex is 500 feet away from where she was living with her father. Wow. Down the block. Right, like right around the corner. 
Police had received a call that afternoon reporting a suspicious package. And in the, like they got there and there was a car, obviously. And in the car, amongst other things, were big black plastic bags. I think I actually have a picture of that that I can show you guys. Wow. So this is where all the trash was. I mean, threw her out like trash. Right there with the trash. So when they started moving the bags, they noticed that the bags actually had blood dripping from them. And once they opened it, it revealed a naked torso tied with cord and then like the shoulders and arms. But unfortunately, the legs, the feet, the hands and the head were never found. Kayla. So he dismembered her. Oh, yeah. His own flesh and blood. His own daughter. Years later. So, like, that just shows that even if something is lying dormant, it doesn't mean it's not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to kill her from jump. He wanted to kill her from jump. Wow. And Dominique's remains wouldn't even be identified as hers for weeks. Because, like I said, her identifying body parts were gone. And I think he tried to get her legs, too, because maybe she had, like, tattoos on her Mm. legs. But she did have tattoos on other parts of her body. And that picture with the lips on it that I posted on Instagram, if you guys saw that already, that was from our Guess Who little reel about who we were going to be covering this week. Um, I put that picture in there, but she was identified that way by her family. Wow. Yeah. So once family members were made aware of Dominique's murder, they immediately pointed the finger at Lawrence. Even her estranged husband said that, quote, Dominique knew if she left this world, it would be by her dad, end quote. And then she still went back to him. And then she goes back. You know, it's just some things are so toxic, it won't make any sense to us. So we just have to charge it to the fucking game. But him saying that, like, actually makes me look at her like, girl, you're brave. Like, you knew that there was a possibility and you still went back. That's either straight insanity or bravery or both. Or desperation, because we're going to get a little bit more into it really soon. According to the other family members, they suspected Lawrence of being a serial killer for a long time and had suspected him of more deaths within the family over the past 40 years and even predicted that Lawrence may try to kill Dominique again. So basically, all of this terribleness has been a topic of conversation among the family, and yet they keep inviting him to Thanksgiving dinner. He's still allowed to be around people's kids. I don't understand why people put themselves in harm's way like this. I just, I I can't understand it. Family or not, please, please don't play this game with your life. I just, I have no words. It is so hard to try to make sense of this mess. Yeah, yeah, because it's senseless. Investigators interviewed a neighbor who said they heard arguing on the night of May 10th. And this argument was in regards to Dominique's drug addiction. So she was apparently trying to get clean, which I think is why she left her husband and her children for a while. Mm. Police obtained security camera footage from the area and it showed at around 9.48 p.m. on May 10th, a man in a white jacket and hoodie was wheeling a shopping cart toward the lot where Dominique was found and it was coming away from where Dominique and her father was living. And this person also had a noticeable limp, which, you know, this piece of shit had a limp. Wow. 
basically we know who did it. Come on. When police confronted Lawrence, though, he, of course, told them, I have no idea what you're talking about. I would never do anything like this. Ever. Dude. Like, let's not even lie. We have records that you've done something like this. I couldn't I could never hurt my own child. And at that point, the police really didn't have any physical evidence to go on suggesting that he had anything to do with it. But they were able to lock him up on a gun charge, which was which was at least something to get him off the street. They found the gun when Lawrence's apartment was searched on May 27th. Mm -hmm. And then while they were there, they also used Luminol to see if there was any traces of blood left. And they obviously found it in several areas and they found that it belonged to Dominique. Okay. So, here we go with the evidence. We're, We're working on it. Authorities finally felt that they could charge Lawrence with murder and unauthorized disposal of a body. So, we're going to trial. I didn't even know that was a charge. Unauthorized disposal of a body. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, if someone dies from natural causes or, like, an overdose and you dispose of their body, you can get in trouble for that. You can go to jail for that. Right. Okay. The prosecution presented all of Lawrence's dirty laundry. I mean, everything they could. Every skeleton, they just dragged it out and dropped it in the jury's lap. Good. It's great for us. Mm -hmm. They heard about his past murder convictions, assaults, changes in his name, even text messages. Trip the fuck off this. Text messages that he sent to Dominique's children, claiming that she had contracted HIV while doing drugs on the street. And he even went as far as to send them a video of her shooting up. Kayla, he's trying to ruin her life. Kristen, from the pit of hell, he he is from. Literally. He's a demon. Because what 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 was the reason? What what did you get from How do you hate her from seven months old? Enough to, like, soil her children's memory of her. I mean, this is a next-level hate that, honestly, I have not seen yet toward a parent and their child. And we covered the Michelle, that Michelle, fuck, what was her name? Blair. Michelle Blair case. And that bitch was crazy and killed her children, too. But If you haven't listened to that case, go go check check it out. out. But this is something that's, like, maniacal like this is something that's like you went out of your way to soil your daughter's name that you've been abusing since the moment she popped out abusing hello like this woman had sexually assaulted by her father raped by her father and i'm sure it wasn't just one time let's be honest you know she had been traumatized by this man and she was back in his life and honestly we don't know if it was for the right reasons we don't know we can only assume because who would go back you know and have someone so terrible in their life if not to try to move forward Mm -hmm. but it's just like damn and he harbored these emotions toward her for decades decades sheesh that's a different level of hatred that takes like soul snatching hatred (laughs) soulless hatred is what it is Mm -hmm. pitless it has no end it also came out in court that dominique was trying really hard to get her life back on track she checked herself into a treatment facility but chose to leave not long after because apparently lawrence was harassing her harassing her at the treatment center i wish i had way more details just but his hatred for her is honestly getting to me like it's truly getting to me i've never like 
sat here and experienced anything like this story, you were yeah. right. I told it's one you. of the worst. One of the worst, for sure. So the defense, you know them, their sole goal is to get their client off and they're going to do that in any way that they can. And this defense chose to basically blame Dominique for her own death. They said that she was probably killed by members of MS-13. You're corny. Mm -hmm. Corny as hell. They were leaning heavy into the fact that she was obviously struggling with her addiction. So she probably knew some unsavory creatures and they probably caused her death. They even tried to get the whole case thrown out because they felt that police never looked into the possibility of the murderer being a DC-based killer called Anthony Robinson. Okay. Who is and he? he was, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. He was going by, or they were calling him the shopping cart killer. Mm. So, yeah. So Anthony was responsible for about four or five known murders at that time and would sometimes use a shopping cart to transport his victims mm. after targeting them on dating sites, luring them to motels, and then beating them to death. Mm. So I guess because she was found, you know, in shopping cart they were like well hey there's a connection but in my mind this man isn't dismembering people you know he's in dc this is baltimore and despite what you guys may think they're not that close i know it's the dmv but it's a bob it's a to bob, get from you know? baltimore to dc that's an hour and a half exactly and then dominique was found near her house not like near a motel or something like that it's just it's not giving no, it's not. Why would they make connections that clearly there are closer connections here at home when her yeah. father has already said, I'm going to take your life. Thank you. And he's been threatening to take her life for years. Years. So now it was time for Lawrence to address the court. Of course. He milked it. Of course. He described how much of a nightmare being in jail had been for him. Let me put his picture on the screen so we can all fucking scoff at his fucking stupid ass so he was talking about how jail was such a nightmare for him and that after killing his son 30 years ago he swore he would never take another life like uh, am i supposed to take you serious when you just said what just came out your mouth after killing my son 30 years ago i vowed to never take another <laughs> thank life. you thank you thank you you think i'm believing a word you're saying you killed your son like i wish i could take his face and just slap him like Edna did, but like have just like a bunch, <laughs> like a barbed wire glove and just Ouch. go to town on his that fucking face. That was so vivid. Yeah. Just shred it up. Whoa. Yeah. I hate, like, this is, this made me feel, I told you, this made me feel not good. Like, I went somewhere. Yeah. You went to a dark place. I did. Hate it. Come Thank back. you. <laughs> thank you kia nicole <laughs> kia girl girl why 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 did you do this to us right mm -hmm. here on a wednesday why did you do this lord knows he said quote i have fruit flies in my cell and don't even swat at them end quote okay he then <laughs> he then begged the judge saying quote your honor I'm very sorry for the death of my daughter, but I did not do that. I dream every night that I find the person who would do that. You see, though, like this man could not have come this far without having some type of conniving ways. He mm -hmm. couldn't have. Mm -mm. He loves it. 
He he's lo- loving he, this. Kayla, he loves it. He loves to put on a show, and this is his oh. moment. I would, if I was a judge, I would have been like, "Don't talk to me." <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't. I, I don't need. I don't need to hear that. Talk to the jurors. Do not talk. To, do not address me. <laughs> right. Literally, do not fucking address me. You have to be real professional, bitch. I would have already told his ass where the fuck to go. I'd be thinking about them judges. Like, how do they look when they're looking in the face of a killer? Like, you can't make a face, and all I am is made up of faces. How can I even do that? I couldn't fake it. I'd have to wear a mask. <laughs> have to. But the prosecution wasn't buying it. And they said, quote, when she got into her father's van that day, she had no way of knowing that she would end up in pieces in a shopping cart. Good Lord. The wow. investigator of Dominique's case described Lawrence as, quote, a dangerous and hostile individual who has callous disregard for other people. He has a high potential for violence acting out of anger and hostility, and he is very impulsive and hypersensitive to the point of bordering on being paranoid. Hmm. So that was the first time that I'd heard in the whole case someone even mentioned the guy maybe having like a mental disorder or something Thank like you. that. So I was just thinking, um, is he special needs? Like, who was going to conduct a psyche vow on this fucking psycho? Who goes to jail and comes out and still has the same, if not worst, pension for violence and murder? Well, here and also, like, we're in the 2000s, so don't play with me. Like, you have plenty of resources to sit here and give this man a psych psychiatric evaluation you know there's plenty of doctors at this point and nobody has mentioned anything until this exact moment and that Mm -hmm. didn't even come from no psychiatric evaluation or a doctor that came from someone who was like "Hmm, investigator this is my opinion right and like i said we don't have the court documents like the actual documents so i can go and read it like i usually do myself so we don't know if it was actually mentioned but it definitely wasn't mentioned in any articles or any like news coverage that i was able to access of the actual case wow on february 28th 2022 this year you guys 68 year old lawrence banks was found guilty of the murder and dismemberment of his daughter and was sentenced to 44 years in prison he is expected to spend the rest of his life behind bars hopefully unless he somehow gets off in the next two years wouldn't surprise me kayla they're still not giving him life life for killing I don't understand. I I mean, at this point, the only saving grace is that he's so old that 44 years actually makes a detrimental difference. Mm -hmm. But like, y'all still ain't giving him life. And he's killed three, four people so far. I'm so confused. And he dismembered a daughter. daughter. Thank you. A gruesome killing. And you gave him 44 years. The thing is, we know that he has killed three people. We suspect. We suspect him of killing three more. How many more do you think that he's really had a hand to play in ending their lives? How many more do you think? When we've seen cases where a person can brutally murder one person and be given life. So I'm just so confused. What is the mitigating factors here that makes him so different from anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. If you guys have any idea, let us know. (laughs) Because we sure don't. This is a mess, child. 
At his sentencing, one of Dominique's children spoke about her mother and said, quote, my mother was the most beautiful person I knew inside and out. Your Honor, I'm asking for the longest sentence possible. I ask this not for revenge, but for everyone's safety, end quote. Like, please, for the love of God. Yeah. Lock this man up for life. Forever. And according to one of Dominique's cousins, quote, she loved her kids. She loved her family. She was a kind soul, and this hurts so much that she died less than a mile, a mile and a half away from where her brother died. Wow. Literally, what, 28 years earlier. This is one of those stories that, like, changes the game. It's one of yeah. those stories that needs to be heard because it happened in real time. And there's probably yeah. somebody who's trying to give their family member extra chances for what? Yeah. For the sake of, I tried. Right. Yeah, maybe you should stop trying. Because I bet you if Dominique could go back and do it again, she probably, I don't know. I can't even say what she would do. But I think right. she would at least think really hard about potentially putting herself back in that situation with her father. Absolutely. I think she would have been more picky about protecting her space and just picking her battles you know maybe she didn't have anywhere else to go but i just really wish she stayed in that facility you know getting the help that she needed and away from that piece of shit that clearly hated her and wanted her dead in the worst way in the worst way oh my heart is broken so different from the way he killed before he dismembered her kayla this is was a this was a vendetta this was something that he had been waiting a long time to do when he took his time doing it's unbelievable to me that he was able to dismember her make it to where her feet her legs her hands her head were never found excuse me like what did he do where are they like did he dump them in an acid tub like this is something that was premeditated and you got 44 years for and you this, got 44 my years yeah. i'm not cool with this i'm not cool with the story i'm not liking none of this and you want to know what's off. so crazy? And you know what's so crazy? Terrell just got a really dope job offer in Baltimore. And we're going to find out today, like, if he's going to actually accept it or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bitch, I'm not going to Baltimore. Like, come on, bro. People are yeah. getting off. This man has three murder charges. And the thing is, Baltimore And he didn't is even get life hot. in any of them. It's still hot boy up there. Like, I'm Baltimore sure. is not an easy city to just be living in Baltimore like Baltimore. it's not you know my mother and my father I would never want to <laughs> shut up <laughs> never <laughs> good fucking bye I can't wait to see the comments about that one Ooh. well <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening if you enjoyed the podcast please give us a five star review on Spotify on Apple Podcasts and Tell a friend too, you know, spread the word. That'd be dope. And thank you to uh, Miss Kia Nicole for recommending this horrific case. Girl, <laughs> you took me out. I will never forgive you. I literally, <laughs> we need to talk. Get in the comments yeah. later on. Right, we need right, to talk. Right. And uh, before we go, I'm just begging you, probably more now than ever before, to be safe and to protect your peace and to protect your space. So we don't have to cover your case. Period. We love you. Thank you guys so much for watching. Bye.